listeners, before we get to this episode of Problem Solvers, here is a word from our sponsor. Build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Hire at home or in 180 countries around the world to find the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. And now, on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Do you ever worry that you're asking too much of other people? I do all the time. But recently, Jimmy Fallon, you know, Tonight Show Jimmy Fallon, helped me think differently. He showed me that sometimes the thing I think is a burden is actually an asset. And that's a liberating mind shift. So I want to tell you this story in hopes that it helps you think differently, too. I recently interviewed Jimmy for a cover profile in Entrepreneur. It's in our January-February issue. You can go pick it up. We met in his corner office at 30 Rockefeller Center, and Jimmy was just as nice and thoughtful as you would expect. We had a great, insightful conversation about how he found his why, which I'm going to tell you a lot more about in a minute. But anyway, we were slated to talk for an hour, and he gave me closer to 90 minutes. But then he had to go. His assistant had popped in three times, hoping to wrap things up so he could look at the day's Tonight Show monologue. But as I was about to leave, Jimmy shook my hand and said that if I had any follow-up questions, I should not hesitate to reach out. I said thanks, but in truth, I had no intention of following up. Jimmy had already given me more time than promised, and the way I see it, whenever I profile celebrities or other extremely busy people, my job is to produce something great within whatever limitations I had agreed to. I mean, I appreciate when people are mindful of my time, and I want to be mindful in return. But as I started to write the story, I realized that I had missed something important in the interview. I really did need to follow up with some questions. So I broke my rule. I asked Jimmy's publicist for more time. Jimmy was super busy, so it took about a week to get him on the phone, but then I did. And here's how it started. I really appreciate you squeezing this in. Uh, it it oh, means I a lot. That. I'm like, dude, no one ever takes me up on it. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's thorough. He's smart. I'd love, dude. I was like, I love the interview, so I love talking to you. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. I can't wait. Oh, that's great. I, I really appreciate that. It's, you know, it's so funny because you th- you think, uh, oh, following up is a burden. And uh, did you catch what he said there? He said, never. Let's recap. Jimmy has been interviewed many times. And in those many times, he has made the same offer, clearly, that he made to me to be available for follow-up questions. But nobody else took him up on it. I did. And to Jimmy, that wasn't a burden at all. It was a sign of my thoroughness. And he appreciates thoroughness. This reminds me of something I learned early in my career when I was a young reporter at a small newspaper. I would interview mayors and police chiefs and hospital CEOs, and they would talk about things that I just didn't understand. I knew nothing about city administration or how a hospital functioned, but I would be afraid to ask basic questions that would reveal my ignorance. I thought that if I asked people would just trust me less. And then a more senior reporter told me that that is wrong. People are happy to explain things, he said. They want me to get information right. And correctness matters a lot more to them than having to spend an extra minute talking. Here's the lesson I take from all this. When you are working hard to do a good job, people see your effort. And just like you, they want the job to be good. Your success is their success. 
Thoroughness and thoughtfulness are not burdens. They are the things we should promise. And even when it makes us uncomfortable, we must be committed to delivering them. Anyway, that is a story that I had originally shared on my newsletter, which you should sign up for. It's at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com, jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. But I today want to tell you the full story, which is to say I told you the little backstory there, and now it's time to read to you the actual cover profile that I wrote. It is about how Jimmy found his why, how he figured out what he is, who is Jimmy Fallon, and and, and what's he doing on your television, and what's his purpose? And this is something that we all need to grapple with. I, I will share more about that with the story itself. But I feel like Jimmy's journey is so insightful, and the way that he articulated it is so powerful that it's something I want to make sure you don't miss. So, Today on Problem Solvers, it is my profile of Jimmy Fallon, coming up after the break. As host of this podcast and editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, I hear a lot of startup stories. I've heard the problems, the decisions, the mistakes, and when it comes to cloud technology, I have seen way too many startups experience vendor lock-ins and surprise bills and wind up with cloud tech that just can't do what's needed. For something that important, you need the real deal. And Oracle for Startups is that real deal. You might think, I'm too small for Oracle, but you're not. They do free cloud credits and 70% off from day one for two years. And with the power of Enterprise Cloud on your side, you can trust that what you've built will not break as you scale. Oracle sets you up the right way so your startup isn't held back. If you don't want to spend all your time worrying about your tech, just go to oracle.com slash problem solvers and see how Oracle for Startups can help get you to the next level. Again, that is oracle.com slash problem solvers. All right, we're back. So now I'm going to read for you the story that I wrote about Jimmy Fallon. And just to be clear, I'm going to just read you the story. I'm not going to play any audio because I didn't produce it to be a podcast and we didn't talk about it ahead of time. And so I just want you to get the story as it was created for the readers of Entrepreneur and for you. Here we go. Jimmy Fallon became a talk show host in 2009 when he replaced Conan O'Brien as the face of late night. Jimmy had never done anything like it. So as he prepared to take over, he turned to the man who knew the job better than anyone. Any advice? Fallon asked O'Brien. I can't give you any advice, O'Brien replied. You just have to do it. Quote, I didn't love that. I mean, that's not great advice, Fallon says now. But I was talking about it with someone and they said, well, he's right because he found who his character is and who he is. Who are you? Who is Jimmy Fallon as a show? End quote. In that moment, Fallon realized he did not have a good answer. Sure, he had ideas for what would be in his show, the silly games and unbridled joy that would come to define his brand. But why should someone care about him? Who is Jimmy Fallon? Quote, when you actually get that question, you're like, well, I have brown hair. I love this type of humor. I love rock music, but also I like uh, classical music. It makes no sense. End quote, Fallon says. It makes no sense because it's not how we tend to think. People talk endlessly about the things they do at work, but they don't always reflect on the reasons they're doing it. What motivates them? What gives them purpose? What is their measurement of success and what will guide them when things go wrong? You could call all of this a person's why. It is the reason for anyone who does anything, and it is the core of who they are. Knowing this is transformative. It makes people more versatile and intentional. People who know their why are the people who never feel lost. Fallon didn't have a why, and O'Brien could not give him one. No one could. In fact, Fallon realized 
he'd have to find it on the job. Quote, the more you do it, Fallon says, it forms who you become, end quote. This process takes time. It should take time. It is the most important thing that we can know about ourselves or our work. Fallon would spend years trying to figure it out for himself, and the breakthrough he had would transform him from a late-night jokester into a cultural force, helming The Tonight Show, writing best-selling children's books, creating a roller coaster for Universal Studios, developing a range of kooky projects for brands like Pajamas called Pajimmies for Alex Mill, and co-running the production company Electric Hot Dog that produces new shows including That's My Jam for NBC, Clash of the Cover Band, for E! and The Kids Tonight Show for Peacock. But Fallon's realization is valuable to any entrepreneur because it has nothing to do with comedy or entertainment or hosting one of the most storied brands on television. It is simply this. He stopped focusing on the stuff he wanted to make and he started focusing on the reason people need it. As a high schooler, Fallon didn't wonder why he worked. That was clear. His dad already worked two jobs and his family needed the money. Quote, "'As soon as I could work, I worked anything,' Fallon says." His first role was as a bag boy at a local supermarket. Later, he sorted bottles and cans at a recycling facility. These jobs, they had their indignities. The supermarket made him wear a bow tie, an apron, and boots, which was especially embarrassing when he'd see a girl he had a crush on. And the recycling center just stunk of garbage. But he tried to see the best in both positions. David Letterman, for example, had run a best bag boy bit on his show, and young Jimmy Fallon imagined himself competing in it. At the recycling center, he got to hang out with adults. Quote, I got along with kids my age, Fallon said says, but I think I was more of an old soul, end quote. The path from there was steep and upward. Fallon discovered comedy, learned stand-up, and dreamed obsessively of being on Saturday Night Live. He quit college, dove into improv, and failed an SNL audition in 1997, and then nailed it in 1998. He was 23 years old. Quote, you just feel like you run the city, he says. It was so fun, end quote. He rose to become co-anchor of Weekend Update alongside Tina Fey, and in 2004, Fallon was rightly proud and ready for more. He left SNL for his next big thing. Quote, my goal was to just be in movies, be like a rom-com guy or something, Fallon says. And this sounds reasonable. Lots of people dream of being a movie star, and unlike most of them, Fallon was in a position to do it. But this was also the kind of moment to step back and ask that simple question. Why? Why ask why? Because we rarely ask it in our successful moments when the answer seems self-evident. It's like, you know, why? Why not? But what if we don't know? So I ask Fallon, if somebody had asked you why that was your goal, would you have had an answer? He pauses. Three seconds of silence. Quote, no, he finally says. Quote, I'm trying to think, why would that be my goal? Maybe from all the books and articles that I'd read, the trajectory of someone famous from Saturday Night Live is to do movies. It's just the path, end quote. Want to hear the opposite of a self-directed mission? To hear an entrepreneur's greatest trap? Four words right there. It's just the path. Not your path, simply the path, a path, some path, a clearing that other people made for their own purposes, not for yours. That is the path through an unimaginative life and away from the satisfaction of a risk taken. Fallon made two movies, both bombed. There was a bright spot in there. He met his future wife on one of them, the producer Nancy Javonin. But otherwise, his phone stopped ringing. With no why to guide him, Fallon had no sense of what to do next. With Javonin's help, he found the first step. Stop focusing on what he does not have and start focusing on what he does. Quote, so now there's no movies. What can you do? Cry about it? I already did that for a year, he says. Quote, what can I do now? I have to do something. And I have talent. I mean, I could do stand-up. I could sing comedy songs, end quote. He started creating and performing again. He rebuilt slowly. 
Then he got a call from Lorne Michaels, the creator of Saturday Night Live and producer of Late Night and The Tonight Show. Years earlier, when Fallon was leaving SNL, Lorne said he thought Fallon would make a great late night host. Now, five years later, O'Brien was leaving late night and the job was open. Truth be told, NBC executives weren't sold on Fallon. Quote, they were like, well, we have other people that might be better for this thing, end quote, Fallon remembers. But Michael stuck by him. The executives relented. Quote, that changed my career, changed my life, Fallon says. They go, okay, if you really think Jimmy can do it, let's see what's up, end quote. Fallon had a lot to learn and fast. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, the second half of the story. I often say that there has never been a more powerful time to be an entrepreneur, and that is because we have never had as many tools and resources available to handle all the tedium of business so that a founder can just focus on making great things. And when I say that, I am often thinking of Shopify. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like you and me the resources once reserved for big businesses, customized for our needs, and with a great-looking online store that brings our ideas to life. Shopify powers millions of entrepreneurs from first sale to full scale. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience, and then access powerful tools to help you find customers, drive sales, and manage your day to day. Go to shopify.com slash problem solvers. That's all lowercase, by the way, for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash problem solvers right now. Shopify.com slash problem solvers. Okay, we're back. And now the second half of the story. How do you do something you've never done before? For Fallon, it happened with a finely calibrated mix of cockiness and self-doubt. Quote, that's always the way I did stand up, Fallon says, end quote. As we talk in his corner office at NBC's headquarters, he pops up from his chair to illustrate, imaginary microphone in hand. Fallon is a mover, an entertainer. He seems most comfortable on his feet. Quote, you know, right off the bat that this joke is not going to work. But then you're like, I'm losing them. I got to get them back. I know what can bring them back, end quote. Get too cocky and every little stumble will throw you off. Doubt yourself too much and you'll never go out there in the first place. It is a hard balance to get right, and Fallon remembers hugging his confidence too tightly at first. Quote, to hear anybody say, oh, you're so lucky, that was almost triggering to me, he says. He felt like he'd earned it. Being lucky sounded insulting. Quote, but in my head, I'm like, wait, am I though? It's out of self-doubt, but I think it's a good mix to have, end quote. Entrepreneurs are shaped by the challenges they face, and Fallon was too. Hosting a late-night show required a pace he'd never worked at before. Back in the SNL days, when a joke bombed, he would stew about it for a week. But now, he and his team had to move with abandon. They would write a joke, try it out, and if it didn't work, there was always tomorrow. Quote, I mean, I try to get the script the best it can be, Fallon says. And if it works, it just works. If it doesn't work, people can say, oh well, he gives it his all, end quote. This is a small but critical realization. Consider it. At SNL, Fallon felt like he was being judged solely by his work. A failed joke meant that he failed. But now that he was out there every night, his audience was gaining trust in him. If a joke failed, oh well, they knew he was trying. If you want to figure out your why, this is the place to start. It is a recognition that you or your brand are not simply the sum of the things you create. You are something deeper, and that is why people really come to you. A coffee shop doesn't just serve coffee, it fosters community. Entrepreneurs don't just build companies, they solve people's problems. Fallon's show was on at 12.35 a.m., which gave him no illusions. Quote, nobody talks about a show at 12.35. People are just fighting sleep at that point, end quote, he says. 
So he and his team gave themselves a simple mission to make people smile as they're drifting off. The show was joyous and earnest. They played games like Name That Guy, where they asked audience members to guess the name of random strangers. There was no point to it, no way to win or lose, and people loved it. Something started to click for Fallon. Sure, this role wasn't glamorous like being a movie star, but he never had a passion for that anyway. The late night job came naturally because he was making people happy. And when he looked back at his life, he saw that same instinct. Quote, at the time, I was too young to realize it, but I just wanted to make people happy, he says. His job packing groceries, for example, quote, I was the best bagpacker. People would request me, end quote. He had his realization. Quote, I think my why is, can it make people happy? End quote. He says, now that is something on which you can build a career. It isn't following a path. It isn't doing something just because. It is a mission, a purpose, and the blueprint for how to build even bigger. Fallon always has ideas. That's not to say they're good ideas, but how is he to know? It's why he records them all, typically as voice memos or by jotting things down in Evernote. Quote, I think the last one I wrote down was a magnetized tennis ball that you can stick to your leash when you take your dog for a walk, he says, because I always take my dog for a walk and I get to some spots and I'm like, this would have been great if I brought a ball so I could throw it with my dog, but I'm not going to carry a ball in my pocket, end quote. Can this make people happy? That's what he wants to find out next. He's developed a process to test his ideas and it starts with the person to whom he has the most access himself. He sets aside ideas to see which ones are memorable. Quote, usually the good ideas stick with your brain, he says, end quote. Then he takes the best ones, pitches them to himself, and responds to each like a comedian. Quote, I try to make fun of it in my brain, he says. Like, why is it lame? Why is it not good? And I use that to make it more bulletproof, end quote. If an idea survives, he brings it to people he trusts, often the writers on The Tonight Show, which he has now hosted since 2014. Fallon hires people based in part on how good they are at collaborating with him, which means that they can also share and refine his vision, and he can trust them when they trash an idea. It's something he learned at SNL. Fallon remembers a time when a producer forced him and another writer to write something together, even though they weren't planning to. The result was great. Now it's how he tests new people. Quote, sometimes it's best to force yourself to try and write something with someone just to see if there's a connection, end quote, he says. How many ideas make it from his Evernote folder into the real world? Maybe 10% or 20%, he says, which include everything from individual jokes to entirely new TV shows. And if an idea falls flat once, well, he isn't discouraged. Quote, I always try stuff three times, he says. There's no set rule, but like, I don't want to just eat a sandwich with mayonnaise on it and go, I don't like mayonnaise. I'd like to try it again and then maybe one more time, end quote. Same with ideas. He'll try iterations of jokes on his show across multiple nights. After all, he knows his goal is to make people happy and happiness is an inexact science. Maybe you came close with one idea, but you can't know how close until you try it again. And here's the real beauty of trying out new ideas. They'll teach you about your audience, but also about yourself. That's what happened in 2015 when Fallon wrote a book called Your Baby's First Word Will Be Dada. It began as all his ideas do. He had imagined a book that dads could read to their babies to train them to say dada before mama. The plot goes like this. A pig says dada and another pig says oink. Same thing with frogs and bees and so on. Would this make people happy? Yes, he and his team agreed. They were right. It became a New York Times bestseller. But truth be told, Fallon hadn't considered what would happen next. Quote, people sent me videos of their kids saying their first words and actually reading the book and understanding that reading is fun. And they'd be getting a reaction from people when they read the book. And now they're learning how to read, end quote, Fallon says, still sounding kind of amazed by the whole thing. 
When our jobs are to put things out into the world, it's oddly easy to forget that the world isn't one giant blob. Actual people engage with what you make. They absorb your ideas and products and services into their lives. Quote, and you go, wait, there's something to this that is rewarding for me and you, end quote, Fallon says. He is half pacing in his office again, thinking through this as he talks, and he has a realization. Maybe he'd only known half of his why this whole time. Quote, maybe the why is, how do we both get rewarded? How do we make something where you're happy and I'm happy? End quote. This makes me think back to the beginning of our conversation. I walked into his office and he greeted me warmly and then promptly gave me a tour of the room, a detailed six-minute tour. He offered an explanation for basically every item of interest in there. He showed me the sign next to the door that says Jimmy Fallone, which, yes, is missing an L and was the first nameplate hung on his door as a late-night host. You want to stay humble, he said. There you go. He showed me family photos, mementos, a trophy featuring a bust of Rodney Dean field that is so heavy, picking it up requires two hands and a groan. I tried it. He offered me tea, coffee, pastries. Then he sat down beside a little fish tank, which Lauren Michaels got for him because at 47, Fallon is now of an age where he needs some calming influences. Quote, I've been trying to put my fingers nicely on the glass, Fallon says, and I've been trying to train them to follow my fingers. So they're not afraid of me, end quote. He tries it and the fish ignore him. Quote, look how great it's working, Fallon says with a laugh. And that's okay. The fish may need more than three tries. And anyway, this was for my benefit. It was to make me happy, which would make him happy because that's what he does and he knows why he does it. It works. Anyway, thanks again to Jimmy Fallon for meeting with me for that story. You can find that story in print in the January-February issue of Entrepreneur Magazine, along with so much more great stuff in there. It is also our Franchise 500 issue, so pick it up. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.